0: everybody, this is Carl We're here with One Question XYZ. I've got my favorite co-host.
1: Dahlia Strom here.
0: And we've got an amazing guest. And just before we introduce our amazing guest, we want to just give a shout out to WeWork. They have an amazing podcast studio here at their HQ in Flatiron. So, big shout out to WeWork. Thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, thanks for hosting us. It's actually really cool. We can see everything happening out there. And it's soundproof, so they can hear what's happening in here. Yeah, there's <laughs> a, lot, a
0: lot of good energy at the WeWorks, but we have an amazing guest. His name is Ben LeBlanc. Uh, he is the founder of Goodstock Soups. He's a.k.a. the soup master, the soup maker, the soup guy. But I had met Ben through a friend of mine uh, at, through Y7 Yoga, big yoga guy, and Ben has been uh, supplying the girls over at Y7 with, with Good Stock Soups, and I saw it on their Instagram, actually, and I was like, okay, what is this soup all about? Because these girls are very fit, they've got wellness down to a T. And anyway, so Ben, thank you for being here. If you want to just give a little background on yourself for our listeners. Yeah,
1: thanks for joining us, by the way.
2: Thank you guys for having us. I'm a <clears throat> big fan of the show, so it's exciting to be on it. Um, Yeah, my name is Ben LeBlanc. I am the founder of Goodstock. Um, We have a very simple mission, and that is to make people happy by feeding them amazing soup. Um, Transitioned out of a career in finance. I think I saw you were at Citibank for a while. Yeah, I was at Citigroup um, for six years in sales and trading, three years here in New York, almost three years in London. Wow. Um, Took a break, went to NYU to get my MBA. I uh, went back into finance. I was doing private wealth management at Goldman Sachs. Never heard of it. <laughs> Tiny little bank uh, downtown New York City it hasn't really been in the news much. You know, not, not too many people know about it. Um, yeah, that was an interesting. That was an interesting time. And it was going through a, a career change and had an opportunity to either stay in financial services or do something completely different.
0: So why, I mean, how did like what is the genesis of you going, for, I, I love asking these questions to our guests because I'm always fascinated by it. It's like, okay, I, I worked at City, I worked at Goldman, I worked at some other company what point did you make this decision, like, okay, I'm going to start a f- suit company? Or yeah. were, have you tried your hand at other, maybe little startups prior to that?
1: And also, what made you decide to uh, embrace entrepreneurship? <laughs> yeah.
2: So, um, a, f- a few different things. So, in my time at Goldman Sachs, you know, I was focusing on entrepreneurs and people that were creating things and building things. So, it was kind of like the early 2010s when... Silicon Alley was kind of blowing up again, for lack of a better term. I had some friends here kind of in the scene and, you know, building companies here in New York, founding companies or helping people do it. Um, at my brother's an entrepreneur down in New Orleans. My clients and prospects were entrepreneurs. So I was really inspired by people who were building things, people who were doing things, people who were creating. Um, and I liked my job in financial services. Um, I wasn't unhappy, but I definitely lacked a, a real fulfillment. Um, So when I had an opportunity to switch careers or stay in finance, I just had a real desire to build something, to either do it myself or help somebody do something. Um, I was drawn to food in large part because I'm from South Louisiana. So you went to LSU, correct? Went to LSU, yeah. Um, And food is just a huge part of our way of life. Cooking, eating, entertaining. Tailgating. Tailgating. (laughs) I mean, there's, you know, you need half of a reason to have a party in South Louisiana. And have somebody cook a huge pot of gumbo or a jambalaya or a barbecue or a crawfish boil, etc. Um, so I was drawn to food for that reason, and I just I almost have like an unhealthy love of food and eating. Like, if <laughs> well, you're I you're not you're not overweight or anything, you're, you're keeping it you're keeping it well. I go from discipline to no discipline. No discipline. Yeah, um, but that's actually it's funny you say that because that was part of the reason that I was drawn to soup. Um, used to. <laughs> used to kind of go hard on the weekends you go out watch football he, he looks or, he looks at me while he says going hard on the weekends because clearly that's some, something i like to do still drink a little too much <laughs> eat a little too much and you know sunday night it's like oh my god i gotta get it back on track this week it's like monday i'm having a salad tuesday i'm having a salad wednesday i wanted to jump out of the window <laughs> so then i would always have soup or soup in a sandwich or soup in a salad and it always was just like super average like sometimes it was good it was never great
1: yeah um, i actually can relate to that because unfortunately when you're in the startup space your default is what's the least expensive thing on the menu so soup is usually the cheapest and that's why that's actually how i survived when i was uh, creating cozy wallet Lentil soup all day long
2: did you from where did you like any of them or what are your favorites i should say
1: uh, Cozy was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cozy had, like, a decent soup. Um, what's, it, what's it
2: called? Cozy? Yeah,
1: Cozy.
0: And you, so you, you had a startup named Cozy Wallet, and then you were eating soup at Cozy.
1: Yeah, it just so happened that Cozy That's happened to ran. be across the street. But, yeah, That's I never I ran. never thought about it. Uh, yeah, good point. But, it, but, but it was I agree. Okay. It, it, but I was, it was okay. I, I was
0: going to say, like, my experience with soups are typically, like, canned.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, my mom worked for Weight Watchers, or still does, and she, they had some sort of soup that they offered that I would eat occasionally. But, again, it was not... Maybe there's a lot of sodium. It wasn't that healthy. It's not that great. You're heating it up in your microwave or you're kind of on the burner. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, like I wasn't always impressed. But even when like when I go out, I think I told you the Sarah Beth's, yeah, um, the Sarah Beth's tomato, tomato soup is your favorite. It, it's fantastic. I've never had that.
1: Where do you go? Oh, i Sarah but it's, Beth's. But I mean,
0: it's probably incredibly unhealthy. I mean, the amount of butter and and other crap they put in it. So that would be why. But Sarah I Beth's have does have a great soup. But anyway, um, I mean, yeah, I'm curious. So like, you obviously were, you were looking for something that was healthy, but I don't know, like how, do you, like, how do you go from, like, okay, like, I, I had this entrepreneurial bug, but I also like to eat. Like, well,
2: how did you land on soup? Well, Is, one, because nobody I thought was doing a very good job. Um, and, you know, we're almost five years old, and this was kind of at the period where all these places started specializing in one thing. So, you know, you had restaurants that are solely built around falafel or hot dogs or juice or salad, pizza, you name it. But nobody was doing what I thought was really, really good soup. Um... And then two, kind of thinking back to my Louisiana roots, like gumbo is probably my favorite food, or one of my favorite foods. But you can't get a great version in New York City, which doesn't make any sense at all. Like, I mean, there's probably a big, I mean, there's a probably a huge pool of Louisiana huge, people here, huge, and it's it's so weird here because if you and I, we could go to lunch when we when we're done recording, we can get amazing Thai food, amazing French food, amazing barbecue now, amazing steaks, you name it across the world, we can probably get a great version of that food. You cannot get good Cajun food in New York City mm. That's crazy. in gumbo. So kind of thinking about a longing for gumbo and why doesn't this exist and then realizing that there's this hole in soup where, you know, it's, uh, it's okay. It was fine. I like it. Um, <laughs> we decided to try to build America's next great soup company. You know, it's like you mentioned with, you know, the can and it's got a lot of sodium or Weight Watchers or whatever, I mean. I almost hate to use the word innovation because it's not, but there's been no innovation in soup since the can. And our real innovation is cooking it again, you know, using great ingredients and cooking it uh, with proper technique and then, you know, heart and love and focus. Um, so it's like, oh, how are you doing this? And it's like, well, we're just doing it the way that it should be done all along. Why so it's, it's think... like, oh, No, I was going <laughs> to say,
1: why do you think that, like, soup is just average, that it's just okay? Like, where are they going wrong?
2: I think it's um I think it's a couple of reasons. It's easy to make cheaply, um, with you know sort of a, a minimal amount of time, a minimal amount of cooking. Um, you don't really need good ingredients to make soup, so I think you well, can don't. Make, don't they feel
0: like some in soups? It's like you throw in like the the worst part of like what's left of ingredients. Like yeah, you can. I mean yeah,
2: that's how that's how a lot of soups originally started. It's like right with started. this is what's left over. We're just throwing it in a pot and just boil it and see what happens. Absolutely. You're using <laughs> the vegetable scraps, you're using animal bones, yeah. you're using the parts of the meat that need to be cooked for, you know, for eight, 12 hours so they get tender, um, which is another re- one of the reasons I love about soup. I mean, we have to do a separate recording where I just do my love letter to soup. Um,
1: <laughs> I mean, you have to be passionate about it. Five years later, and you're like, you're literally talking about a love letter to soup. I think it's impressive. Like, how do you feel about the fact that, um, you obviously started this company. You're five years later. Do you, do you, are you happy with your growth? Are you happy with uh, the sentiment around soup?
2: Um, I'm very hard on myself. So sure. when I look back and I stop, I am happy with what we've done. I mean, we have a really good product. We have a great team who works for us and with us. Um, we have a really cool, like, loyal customer base like Sarah and Lauren, Lauren. Yeah, or Y7 for instance like people just sort of found us um, but at the same time I'm very hard on myself and like I want us to have been doing better I want right. us to be a little bit bigger I want us to be a little bit more well known and um, what does
1: better look like to you
2: uh, good question I guess maybe at this point bigger I mean we're our product is very good. i um, very happy with the way it tastes. We're still working on, like, the customer experience. We're still working on service. We're still working on, you know, sort of the public face of what we do. Um, but I guess bigger would be the...
0: And how did you, like, when you initially started, like, are you cooking stuff up in your own kitchen at home with your wife or like, yeah. your girlfriend at the time? Like, what is that? I mean, how, are you, like, a mad scientist, like, looking up recipes online? Do you have family recipes? Do you come from a Racy soup? Crazy
1: hair with, like, the <laughs> chef's I Obviously, like, like,
0: from the five years ago, like, you know, this you know, really yeah. successful banker... I mean, are you literally cooking up soup yourself? Yeah. It wow. Was,
2: yeah, it was. So I've, I've loved to cook for, I guess, ever since like the beginning of college. Um, well, shit, now that's 20 years. <laughs> um, so I've always loved to cook, but I've never been like a crazy, like, you gotta follow the recipe and, you know, measure this out. And I'm, you know, kind of doing the food sciences thing. Um, so when I started doing this, I was like, oh shit, I better learn how to like get good at that or get better. So I would just start making. Um, you know, anywhere from ten to fifteen to twenty different versions of recipes and then sending it to friends and sending it to family and, and tasting it myself and saying, Oh, I really like this. This step doesn't make sense, I won't do that. Like, you don't need this ingredient. What if I added this? And I would eventually distill it down into like what I thought was the perfect tomato soup recipe, or like my perfect gumbo recipe. Um, so some of it did come from family, some of it came from, you know, chefs who've inspired me. Some of it came from dishes that my girlfriend at the time, now wife, had out. We we were at Momofuku, and they had a dish of um, sweet corn, coconut, and jalapenos. It was like a side dish, like a salad almost. And I was like, oh, I think that would be really good as a soup. So I went home and kind of tinkered around with it, and that was actually kind of like a mad scientist moment, I guess. We have a soup called The Unknown Favorite, which is a corn, coconut, green chili chowder, and it's like amazing. It's one of our most popular products.
1: So how do customers find you?
2: So I like to say we're good at soup, bad at marketing, or we have been. Um, We were always product first you know very focused sort of inward Um, but now you know we've got two stores here in New York City Um, we ship our soup frozen online Um, we're doing that just in the city right now we're working on plans to go national Uh, we do a little catering we pop up at West Elm and Dumbo twice a week so that's kind of our presence and then as far
0: as like because I've gotten some some of the soups and they have kind of a unique packaging can you talk a little bit about like if I
1: left out I wish I would have tried the soups (laughs) I'll
0: send you some the frozen component You know, obviously, with my tradition is just I I know cans and you, you know, some of the other packaging. But like, it seems like your packaging is pretty unique. Is there? Can you kind of touch on? Yeah. Just like the plastic
2: component and like how that all works. Totally, totally. Um, You know, a big thing about what we're trying to do is, you know, we make it the right way. Great ingredients, proper technique. So we're not adding things that don't belong in soup to try to extend shelf life or make it can ready or make it good in the fridge for you know four weeks or five weeks, which you'll see on the shelves of Whole Foods and stores like that. Um, so what allows us to do that is freezing it. We cook it. it so you fully you fully bake it and then you, you we freeze it. it the, yeah, exactly. We make and it the entire way. We cool it. We freeze it. And it tastes the way we want it to. It's got the ingredients that we want in it, nothing more. Um, and it extends, obviously, shelf life for us and the customer. We're not sitting on a product that we need to get rid of. That's valuable. And if you receive it on Monday and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to have this until Wednesday or Friday, throw it in the freezer. Um and then you put, and then I, I mean, you can kind of walk us through. I, I know how to do
0: it, but I'm just like, you, you thaw it out, and then you just reheat it, right?
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, if you're a little bit of a planner, you can, you know, throw it in your bag, take it to work. You can throw it in the microwave for lunch, or you can leave it in your fridge. It'll slowly defrost. Yeah, that's what like I, I throw it in the fridge and yeah. let it kind of naturally. Or run it under, you know, a little bit of warm water for 30 to 90 seconds and loosen it up. And then in a pot... Covered over low heat. No, were you as, still working uh, at your your finance gig while you're cooking soups at home and kind of hedging? No, I went no.
0: Because <laughs> <You've>, <laughs> yeah. I know some I know some entrepreneurs that they, they're moonlighting, and they're doing you know this stuff on the side at, or late at night. Yeah. Were but, but you fully are like okay, I'm going to start just, this soup thing and.
2: Yeah, I mean, if if I look back at like the history, for lack of a better term, if I look back at the history of my financial or entrepreneurial career. It's um, having no idea what I'm doing is like the consistent theme. like being <laughs> naive about the way it works. So it would have been very wise to hedge my bets and cook at night while I was working <coughs> I don't
1: know um, I think that what you're doing is very in. labor intensive right yeah. so like like I agree with you um, you need to like go through the testing process and if you would have spent every night doing it maybe you would have accomplished one as opposed to like day after day after yeah. day I'm sure you were able to accomplish like multiples and really figure out what your core product was yeah. so, so I don't know yeah. that that would have worked for you and it was
2: real you know like I didn't I, I didn't have one foot in one foot out I mean I dove in of face first. first you know um, and it's funny we were talking about how we got started you know the original intention was just to own and operate our own store here in New York City where we cook and serve from um, and basically in a grab and go format um, but with amazing quality like not like Chipotle or these right. places that are pretty good or above average but not great yeah. we wanted every bite to be amazing so I thought a good way to get into that would be to apply to Smorgasburg. You know the food yeah, festival. Yeah, absolutely. Smorgasburg. Um,
1: you didn't get in. We got in. Oh. We did get in.
2: So oh, great. Get invited to do they like the they like the pitch. Then you get invited to do a tasting. Yeah. Um, so we went to the conference room and I brought them four soups. Talked about the, you know what to do, what our plan was, what our brand was trying to be. And, and how long go, how long ago is this? This was September of 2014. We're doing wow. tasting, and then um, we got in. Maybe I did. I've gone there a few times. But I've gone I did to see you there.
1: I haven't seen. I don't know. Maybe we I did didn't it in the
2: 2014 and 2015. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but that was a that was a real learning moment. Of you were cooking for ten people, now you need to cook for a hundred and ten people. Yeah, so like, the scale of it would. I just no idea. I had no idea. I was so foolish about this. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I think it's
1: fantastic. I'm just. It curious. was fun. Yeah. It was, it
2: was awesome. But like, you know. So, like, my batch of gumbo at home, it makes um, just over a gallon, and it takes, you know, one diced onion. So I did that times 10 at the commercial kitchen that I had to rent to to get ready for Smorgasburg, and I thought, well, I mean, if you do 10, like, it's going to take longer than one, but, you know, there would be some economies of scale. I'd get a little better at it. No. It just takes 10 times as long. Right. So what I thought was going to take me five or six hours on Friday Took me fifteen hours. And oh, I got forty five minutes of sleep before our first day as <laughs> school. Oh, cooking, cleaning.
1: So was there not enough diving. value there where you decided not to continue? Because it sounds like they're driving like consistent traffic and it's only during the weekends, right?
2: Yeah. So um, their biggest season is during the summer, which yep. us trying to sell, you know, hot tomato soup on a July afternoon is like a little bit tough. But um, like a
1: gazpacho soup would work. The gazpachos really,
2: and like- the cold soups would work for sure. Yeah. And we did well in those and like it was great to for me personally, learned like this is how it works, you know, it takes to run a business, this is how it takes to, to run a food business. Right. Um, it was great to put the product out there. You know, we had a lot of customers who are still with us to that day, who or to this day, that found us there. I've got feedback that, you know, this tastes good, this doesn't, this works. Um, but one thing, or for us, it seemed like at the time, Smorgasburg, and it was not the Smorgasburg organizationally, but the vendors were sort of trending towards fair food and like really eye catching, like, fried Oreos wrapped in bacon or like you know something kind of crazy and we're just trying to make the world's greatest tomato soup
1: right which is seemingly just, just fairly really simple so you yeah. were like five years too early for the current trend of being healthy <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. Um, so we did it for a while and it was it was great to you know kind of cut our teeth and get out there but our you know our core audience is customers who are having you know lunch at their office or people who are having soup at home it's not like I'm going out Saturday afternoon, and I'm looking for a character.
1: And how do people discover, like, one of your two locations?
2: Um, So one of our locations is in Urban Space Vanderbilt, uh, just at the food hall right by Grand Central Station. There's a lot of foot traffic kind of naturally, um, and Urban Space helps, you know, market that. And then down on Carmine Street is our flagship, for lack of a better word, but it's, you know, a tiny shop. Um, And that was just, you know, kind of word of mouth and you know, trying to tell the story on Instagram, trying to email people. You know, it's funny. A lot of, like, old-school retail things work, which I had no idea about. Like, putting a sign on the street, which I know sounds stupid.
1: But no, it's not. I actually agree with you. There's
2: a lot of, like, old-school things that um, that work in that regard. And then there's also just time. Like, we have people who walk in now, and they're like, Oh, uh, how long have you guys been open for? Well, like, you know, two and a half years. It's like, oh, I live around the corner. I walk by. I just never been in. Never walked in. You're like, Jesus, man. I like, got. How-
1: so, tell us more about these old school marketing strategies. I love the. Yeah, sign she's, on she's, a she's the
2: marketing guru, so she likes yeah. to hear these. Well, yeah, um, the A frame sign. Like, that yeah. is something you've got to do. Um, Did you
0: do any kind of advertising at all with Facebook or.? We do now. We
2: run yeah. in, like, you know, social ads. Um, do you
1: like par- build any partnerships with uh, like any small businesses around the area? Yeah,
2: or? we did we did a discount for like the businesses who live on our or that live who sorry who work on Carmine Street. It's a great little community. It's, it's kind of like an old school oh, like neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, it's really cute. Um, we gave discounts to like every employee or anyone who works in the small businesses on the block. Um, Soul Cycles close by, we've got a lot of really good customers who work there. Um that's why partners like a couple branding agencies are down there, so um, yeah, we kind of made some inroads with those. Now,
0: course. was was the initial plan just to be brick and mortar, or did you have the kind of this e commerce kind of thought ahead of time, or how did that come into play? Because I mean, obviously, I've worked with some companies in the past mm-hmm. that they're only e com, yeah. and then it, they've blown up to the you know, level where they have the brick and mortar now. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you went to the reverse.
2: Yeah, we, you know, I always thought that soup needed to be better there needed to be a, you know, a, a better version of it it should match you know, what we've seen happen in other industries, other foods um, and I thought the best way for us to build that would be through the brick and mortar space Then having gone through that you know, realizing that there's an opportunity that no one's really doing what we're doing in the retail space, so no one's doing what we're doing in the brick and mortar space, nobody's doing what we're doing in food service, so supplying other cafes or restaurants with a really high quality product similar to the way craft coffee is doing and then, um, like we just spoke about, nobody's doing what we're doing in CPG. So, even in the grocery stores, it's either in a can or it's in the refrigerator, but it's got you know, a shelf life of another six weeks.
0: So, what does that look like? I mean, so you, you just mentioned, are you supplying restaurants locally here in New York with your soups?
2: That
1: was exactly what I was going to ask. Like, are they, like, and how do they discover you, or is that like a hard sell?
2: Um, a little bit of both. So, yes, we are supplying uh, a couple of restaurants. We do Brooklyn Pharmacy over in um, Cobble Hill. We Over the winter, we supplied Chalet, which is a little coffee and tea shops, um, and Aladora in Midtown. So it's a small part of what we're doing, but we're trying to, to grow that. Um, Brooklyn Farm came inbound through, I'm not a friend, but someone that I just met through the business. Um, I was introduced by a customer to Chalet, and Aldoro, I love Aldoro sandwiches. Oh, the sandwiches are oh, yeah. amazing! So good, so yeah, good. Probably my favorite sandwich in New York. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, them in Court Street Grocery, so it's like yeah. pure Italian. Like oh, Aldoro, best. And then Court Street, sort of not stock, but I had been Aldoro, you know, a hundred times, and I met their chef Walter. A couple, you know, talk. I oh, talked no about soup are. and kind of worked out that way.
0: Now, what kind of challenges does it, does, like doing e commerce, present? Like, obviously, like a raw food yeah. kind of company. Like, what can you talk to us a little bit about that? Like, yeah, yeah, for and sure. And
1: not only e commerce, but like your entire business, right? Like, being in the food business, I feel like, has to be a challenging industry in itself, right? Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah for sure. I mean, food's tough. Um, you know, margins are tight, can be a lot tighter than than other industries. Um, it's very labor intensive. It's very, you know, service intensive. It takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of people. Um, but well, we you know I really genuinely love feeding people like if you go to New Orleans anytime soon I'll give you a list of you know 19 places and then I'll ask you if you went to them and, you know <laughs> I've been to, I've been to Galatoire's. yeah that's a good like, spot like we that's I, was
1: in long, I was in uh, New Orleans quite a long time ago so I don't remember any of the locations but I do remember the food being pretty good yeah
2: and like I mean I feel like we have a culture down there where like we want you to have fun we really want you to have a good time. We want you yep. to eat well. We want you to enjoy yourself. <clears throat> and, like, I have a real passion for, like, making sure you eat something great. Like, we believe that every meal should be delicious. You know, there's too many good things out there to have something that's either average or you don't like or whatever. Um, so applying that to what we do, if, you know, you don't live or work next to our shops, we we can't reach you. Um, and since we can freeze soup pretty easily, we thought, let's try to deliver it. So built a home delivery business. Was the second line of what we did, and I was delivering soup by hand on your own to customers. And how are you yeah. collecting these? It was a, you had like a Shopify website or what? Now we have a Shopify website. Okay, we got a little fancy. <laughs> um but back then it was just and we had a website and just email and through word of mouth. Through um, started with a lot of young moms in Tribeca. It's like truly
1: grassroots marketing, right? Yeah,
2: like it was.
1: Um, and they would just like PayPal you, I guess, right?
2: It was awesome. I mean, it was really funny. Um, some paypal some was like i know someone was like the door's open there's 40 bucks on the counter come in and you know we'll see you later i mean it was really cool i got to know my customers so well and like wow. playing with their kids when we were doing <laughs> delivery um, yeah it was a really special and like very human like one-on-one kind of thing
1: so did you learn because i actually feel like this is kind of an interesting angle where you can especially since you got to learn i get to know them so well did you learn how your customers were able to i don't know utilize your product maybe in ways that you never thought of like Mm. did they take the product and put it as like a base and put food on top of it or did they like create any cool special diets
2: yeah totally so um it was definitely one of the massive benefits of getting to know our customers so well so early was getting feedback from them. And just like you mentioned, the people are taking the tomato soup and turning it into a bisque by adding like, a little cream and a little red pepper, for instance, or um, cooking with our chicken stock or our bone broth and, you know, making soups of their own, or just recommending soups to us. Like, oh, have you ever thought about this? Or my grandmother makes this amazing Italian vegetable soup. Here's a recipe. So we would do that. Um, now, and how did you land on your
0: recipes? Because it's I would feel like you get feedback when people, like, add, they suggest recipes. I mean, are you modifying that recipe base, or do you have, like, your core recipes and then have so, seasonal stuff?
2: Yeah, so we, um, I partnered with Chef Dave Santos. Um, okay. About a year into the business was just doing everything by myself, from, like, shopping to cooking to marketing to accounting to, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, everything. It was insane. And I realized, like, we were never going to grow unless we get someone to help me out and, like... I was making great food, and it tasted awesome, and people liked it, but I knew that there was a better way to do it, and I knew there was a more efficient way to do it. So um, Dave partnered with us in uh, the summer of 2015. So he's helped, like, really tighten things up. He's an awesome chef and a, kind of a food savant, knows everything about food that you'd want to know. So we, when we release a recipe, like, we're our own biggest critics. So, like, it kind of doesn't go out to the world unless we think it's amazing. So we haven't really gotten feedback from like, oh, can you just like tone this down on the tomato soup? Like when they get it, it's great. It's it's with right. the way you now, want it. occasionally we'll mess up a batch and it might be a little too salty, concentrated too much or et cetera. But um How many recipes do you have total? Oh our library is a library is probably like 250 wow. 300 Wow soups. that's a um, lot
1: so, so actually I want to go back to that question about like diets like has anybody created any kind of like cool soup diets where they found that like this consistency makes them lose weight or um, like they can do some intermittent fasting because they're eating soup for lunch.
2: Yeah so we've um we actually built like a, a little package that we call the press pause around that um, it's either three or five days and it'll be three or five bone broths and three or five uh, very healthy soups Um, and that came from customers who were like yeah i'm just gonna have some broth for lunch and i'll have soup for dinner um so yeah uh, quite a few people were were, you know coming to us for the health angle and it's interesting is like i like to say that we're accidentally healthy i mean delicious is our number one aim you know use great ingredients cook them with proper technique But when you do that, you don't need to add a bunch of shit that doesn't belong in food. Additives, um, we're not using cream unnecessarily, we're not using, you know, things that don't belong. So our food is accidentally healthy, uh, or most of it is. Now, with, I mean, with, like,
0: I've just seen this pop up, and I know the broth thing has become kind of this buzzy or, you know, kind of word... What is, what is the broth thing all about? Because I, I don't really understand it as much because I haven't haven't read about it. But, like, I just see, like, people talking about broth all the time. And obviously, like, Lauren and the Y7 yeah. girls talk about broth. What is what is your take on the broth thing?
2: Um, so <laughs> And be honest. Our listeners want to know. Yeah, for sure. And, I, I mean, I, honesty and authenticity is is one of our core tenets. So I'm, I'm happy to do that. And it's one of the interesting things about f- sort of food right now and I think maybe marketing in general It's all these trends and buzzes and things that are kind of bullshit, but, you know, eat this pill and your life's going to be different. I mean, that's not true. Um, Bone broth has taken on sort of a mythical aspect in some people's minds. It's called the miracle worker. We think it's really good. We think it's good for you. Um, But it's not necessarily going to change your life, unless you're eating french fries for every meal, it will. Bone broth is essentially bones that are cooked down for hours and hours and hours, and the minerals and nutrients and collagen and whatnot that's in the bones and the ligaments and the tendons and whatnot are leached out into the water. And, then, and what, what kind of bones are we, like cow, cow bones? Yeah, usually okay. beef bones. Beef bones? Um, chicken bones are, bone? are popular. It's like
1: chicken soup for the soul, right? Yeah. Like it's this whole theory where, like, all the nutrients are supposed to make you feel better when you're sick. Right? Yeah.
2: It's good, yeah. It's good, for, um, it's good for when you're sick. It's good for... Um, You know, I'll drink it as, like, a snack kind of in the mid-afternoon if I don't really want a coffee or I don't mind full. Sure. Uh, If I am trying to eat a little lighter, I'll pair it with salad and whatnot. But it is full of, like, vitamins and minerals and nutrients, and it is good for you.
1: So somebody that's super (laughs) allergic to everything, (laughs) like, I'm allergic to dairy, uh, certain tree nuts, Um, if I were to order, how, what's the process like for me?
2: Oh, yeah, you're totally Is it a nightmare? No. Like, so many of our vegetable soups are vegan.
1: Okay. Um, And you specifically, like, make a note. That's what I love about vegan. Like, even yesterday. We, went, we were at an event, and like they had all the ingredients, and then they specifically said gluten-free, dairy-free, yeah. uh, contains nuts, right?
2: Totally, totally. Um, we list all of our ingredients in our product. Um, when we run the nutritional analysis, we'll lay that out for you. We clearly list the allergens. So it's vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, uh, et cetera. But, yeah, and that's so important because, you know, we're asking people to trust us with their money and their right. time and, and their calories, right? Like, meals are super important to me. And, want
1: and there's never any people. cross-contamination, right?
2: No, we're very – I mean, we in the in our facility, we use everything. Um, but we're very careful about not cross-contaminating, cleaning everything, um, separating. Like, you know, we'll make things with peanuts and whatnot, but we'll kind of do that by itself. We won't right. do that when we cook. With I can appreciate that. Um, if, well, from a distribution standpoint, I mean, so, like you have
0: like some restaurants now using you. Then you obviously selling online. You have your brick and mortar. Like, what's next for your distribution? Like, are you sh- are you world- are US wide? You can ship ship it throughout the 50
2: states. Not yet. Um, okay. When you ship um, products containing meat across state lines, you need to be regulated by the USDA, uh, which we're in the process of doing that now. Um, How
1: long is that process?
2: Should be 10 to 12 weeks. Okay. Um, and it's nothing. I mean, we're. We're very, very careful. Uh, we follow all the protocol. We're very clean. Yeah, you just you know, got go go to You go got to do it. it. Yeah. Um, so right now we're shipping just in New York City, and soon, hopefully this fall, we'll be able to ship national. And, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, the brick and mortar thing and the e-commerce thing. What I love about what we're doing, and I'm very biased, so I could be wrong, <laughs> um, but... We are moving towards, you know, an online model and e-commerce, but we're backed up with, like, a real soul and a real presence and a real footprint. So you see these brands that are born online or are trying to do pop-ups or trying to take their experience into the real world. You know, we are trying to say, hey, our food's amazing. Um, we've got the cool photography. We've got the, the sort of slick photographs. But in addition to that, we've been feeding thousands of New Yorkers every week for four years, five years now. So, we're trying to say, you know, or prove that there's the real soul behind what we're doing and we're not just living in the ethernet. Well, it kind of just, I don't know why I just thought of this, but the, the old Seinfeld episode, the Soup Nazi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to that guy? <laughs> um, to I don't know. know what happened to him specifically, but at some point in time, like his, just his image got licensed out and there was a company that yeah, just did pimp, a brick and mortar thing. I think they might have done grocery stores too, but... I believe they're bankrupt now. I think
1: uh, soup goes through ebbs and flows, right? Like yeah. I think um, if if it aligns with your lifestyle, that's when it makes the most sense. Like I'm a big soup person, mm-hmm. so I would probably be a big customer. But I, I I know a lot of people that need something heartier, and they need to feel like they're mm-hmm. a little bit uh, fuller. So so just like you said, like they're better pairings. Um, it's it's enough for me for an entire meal. Um, you usually have your favorite question. You want to ask it? Oh,
0: so I mean, I obviously you said something. I I really appreciate is it. like I kind of had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that resonates a lot with the people who do listen to our podcast is picking up tips and tricks. They're also, pop, you know, probably entrepreneurs, brand people. Can you kind of maybe give an example of something you royally screwed up in maybe your first couple years, whether it's from the brick and mortar, hiring someone, um buying having a weird supplier, doing a deal with someone that you thought would be good. Like can you give us
2: an example of something you messed up royally? Oh man, we're going to need another episode. Um <laughs>
1: That is a possibility too. We can do part
2: two. <laughs> you know, there's a couple of things. Um, I'm trying to think of like some very specific things that are screwed
0: like, up. Like 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 hiring. I think it's like we we're we're talking about soup here, but you're running like a legitimate brick yeah. and mortar business. Yeah. Like, how do you hire the right people? Or like, is there something you maybe screwed up in that angle that a you just didn't know? So
2: one thing that um, we opened up our two stores within two months of each other, which was crazy and actually a little bit too quickly. It was very challenging. Um, you cannot spend enough time on culture and training people, and really trying to get the mission across to them, get the you know get the value set across to them, across to them. So when we grew really quickly, I could have focused a bit more on culture and people. And I assumed that you know we talked about it twice. I, I thought you got it. I thought you you know you understood it now. It turned into like a game of telephone with certain things. So I told you ten. You heard nine and a half. You told someone else. They heard eight et cetera. It goes down the line. Um, so when we grew pretty quickly, you know, hiring, I should have focused a little bit more on training.
1: Um, I think that's a good takeaway, right? Like yeah, it's having really like an employee handbook and just like having like yeah. things to reference back to. Cause, um, I agree things become a bit of telephone when like it's yeah. not actually tangible or written yeah. down.
2: And another thing that I was pretty naive about was, um, the product alone doesn't do anything. You know having a great product i had an assumption that people would you know f- kind of find us have it like it talk about us etc but dolly you're a soup fan you've never heard of us until carl introduced us yeah <laughs> so yeah. you know totally. you have got to work very hard to tell your story and to give people tools to tell your story as well like it will not happen on its own
1: yeah and any uh, upcoming marketing initiatives that you want to focus more on
2: um, yeah, we're going to start doing some more partnerships. Um, we're planning the fall right now. I mean, soup's a very seasonal business. Um, our, our online business, where we sell online, there's a lot less you know fluctuations in that. But with fall coming up, that's soup season. Soup yeah. season. For yeah. sure. I feel like
1: we're going to have to we're going to have to do a TV in the fall and see how things are cha- transitioning. Right. Definitely. Yeah, like, I'm sure you're going to see an influx and you're going to have a lot more learnings and. Going to be an exciting time for you.
0: I have actually one more question. Uh-huh. You know, clearly the podcast is one question, but I have thousands. Um, have you taken on? Have you raised
2: money? Have you? Yeah, uh, we did a um, a small friends and family round um, a little over three years ago, which that is something that I screwed up, um, <laughs> or in a way I screwed up. So we raised about. Two hundred and forty thousand dollars. Nice. Which isn't enough money to open up one yeah. restaurant in New York City, and I accidentally opened up three. <laughs> um, so that was pretty foolish. And we're actually doing a round of fundraising right now. Cool. Uh, kind of our seed round, um, which is about sixty or seventy percent of the way done. So Great. That's feeling good. And then yeah.
0: where, Like, what's the trajectory of like? I mean, do you want to be like every whole? F- you want to be in every restaurant in the United States? Do you mm-hmm. want to get purchased and acquired, or you just want to like completely change the soup game?
2: Yeah, okay. I want to completely change the soup game. That's awesome. Um, I like I said, like I just have a real genuine love of eating, of a love of food. I want you to eat something great. The white, the white bean sausage is the white bean kale sausage. Is yeah, amazing. That's awesome. That's, that's one of my one. favorites. That's a good one. I think you told me that's your favorite, but it's it's legit. Yeah, I think we'll have a. I think we'll have a real decision to make in a couple of years of whether to sell to a large brand who doesn't have the soul that we have. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to acquire, you know, um, passion and soul, or to keep building on ourselves. And at this point in time, you know, I'm probably going to want to do it ourselves. I'm stubborn and naive and hard-headed. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, you look at what's done in yogurt – uh, granola, beef jerky, ice cream, condiments, but you know, beef all insane. these things. Nobody's done this in soup. It's the world's I oldest agree with food. you.
1: I think there's a big opportunity in this space. I just, I feel like uh, it's also an opportunity for you to run faster, right? So because nobody else is doing it, like now is yeah, the time. That's what we're, sure, yeah.
2: We've, yeah, that's a, such a great point. We've had conversations about that recently and we've got to, you know, we've got to take advantage now. Yeah. Do you know,
0: more soup? Pop, we get out of your soup pop up in the Hamptons maybe. But it's in the summer. Yeah, fall. I want to do some soup. We we'll do some. We can do an event with soup. We
1: could do an event with soup. We could do like a soup tasting, maybe or yeah. something fun.
2: Super. It would be a super event. Super event. Yeah. One of the best things about the soup company is there's so many soup buns. Oh, I love buns. All
1: That's right, good. super event coming in the fall. <laughs> <Love it.
2: laughs> let Maybe about we'll
1: it. do it around Fashion Week.
0: Good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we Everybody's trying to lose weight and be all yeah. like, fit and great. And yeah. Eat that bone broth. Cool. For sure. That's another good thing: it's, it's sippable. You know, yeah. broth sippable. Our pre raised soups are sippable, so it's easy to have on the go or when you. No, is it. there anybody? I mean, clearly, like you know, the Ubers and the lifts of the world.
0: Like, there's if someone else is in the market it kind of proves that you're doing like are there other people that you're kind of keeping an eye on that are kind of disrupting soup a little bit
2: um there are people right now i seen
0: brodo broth
2: yeah brodo is um makes a just a broth, broth though yeah they're focusing on just broth so what we found in the space is is any sort of call it forward thinking soup company um they're all very niche so right. it's just broth or it's all paleo or it's all vegan or it's got um like a southeast asian bent or it's all seafood et cetera. We are the only ones You're making it all. the best version of every soup that you know. Um, Love that.
1: This is fantastic. Thank you so much for yeah. being here today. Thank you
2: guys for having us. All right, go ahead. So, where can we where can we find you? Give us your give us your Good Stock
0: emails or whatever you want for our listeners. Yeah. Just so in case.
2: we're at GoodStockSoups.com. Um, that's where you can shop. You can order a soup online. We'll ship it to you in your city, all five bor- boroughs. Uh, at Goodstock on Instagram. At Good Soups on Twitter. Do people still use Twitter? Yeah, not yes. totally sure. I love Twitter um, for news. And, and, and Facebook. Goodstocksoups. So. <laughs> Good and there Stock Soups. So, two stores. One right by Grand Central, and one down in the West Village.
1: Cool. All right. Go visit the Soup... Uh, we should give you, like, a new name. Not the Soup Nazi, but... The Soup Man. The Soup Man. <laughs> the Soup Master. Yeah.
2: I, I, my staff... What's, what's your LinkedIn say? My very young staff uh, calls me Soup Dad. Because soup Dad. Go visit like Soup Somebody thought that I was their father. I'm like, that's impossible. But I love it. Yeah. Soup Dad. Well, thanks, Soup Dad. This thanks been for great.
1: being here. Thank you, guys. <laughs>